What's going on, everybody? Today's episode, he's a political podcaster. He's the owner of Patriot Cigar Company. That man is Alan Jacoby, coming up next on The Burndown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Burndown. My name is Justin, a.k.a. The Dapper Cigar. This gentleman, Cross... I'm Eric, Eric, brother cigar, brother cigar. And the gentleman in the middle on today's episode is Mr. Alan Jacoby, owner of Patriot Cigar Company. He's also a political podcaster as well as daily political podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Alan, welcome to the show. Guys, thanks for having me. First, before anything, I want to say, unbelievable job on the blue print. Thank well, you. thank you very I, much. I, thank you. I, I bought it from Flying Cigar Company. I bought a five-pack. Thank I you. I blasted through them. I'm going to get a box next, and I will say that it was... Um, it was an amazing smoke, like absolutely, uh, and I, I the size of it a, a little small for like what I like. I like the bigger cigar, but it, it was unbelievable. Well, I mean, thank you. It really was. That's I had awesome. a buddy of mine trying to grub one off me. I'm like, no, I'm smoking all of them. I'll get some more and I'll give you one. Go buy some yourself. But <laughs> a really, really good, good job. And uh, I, I'm a firm believer, a firm believer, um, boutique cigar companies like you guys, the Blueprint, me, and other ones out there. If we're not supporting each other then there's, there's, there's no point that's 100 percent. that's you what know? it's all about right you got to yeah. support each other and that's what i think is the beauty of the cigar business too is you don't see in other industries you don't see people like supporting their competitors because yeah. essentially like you have a cigar company yeah. that you make a cigar we have a cigar company so technically we are competitors but it we're having you on our show and smoking your cigar, and then you're promoting our cigar. It's it's such a great yeah. community. Yeah. You don't find promo- too many other communities you know, like that where that it's like promote your competitors. Like that. <laughs> no, no, you don't. And you know, obviously in the cigar industry, just take yourself out of now um, selling a cigar and just enjoying cigars. You know that there's a lot of drama between cigar companies, but you know you weigh through all that garbage and realize everybody's here, um, pretty much selling the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. I. I Everyone has a great product, you know, it's, it's cigars are, are great for so many things. And all right. So, so you have these pop-up companies again, it's, it's important. And unfortunately we do know that there are bigger cigar companies that frown upon the little guys. We yes. know that, but I don't take it personally. Yeah. That's going to be in any industry. There's right. always the, the few, right. That are, yeah, they don't want, Walmart doesn't want the small mom and pop shops in the small town. They want yeah. Walmart there. They, they don't want us to succeed. Yeah, man. They don't want us to win. They don't want us to win. Exactly. Exactly. So, what do we before we get into this interview? Right, we uh, first off, if you like this episode, uh, please hit the like button, please hit the subscribe button, please hit the bell to be notified. If you're listening, uh, if you're an audio file, just five star, five rating, subscribe, share it, all that jazz. Check out the website burnoutpodcast.com. Become a member, five dollars a month, all that stuff. There's the plug. <laughs> before we get into the interview, because we have a lot of questions, we want to get to know you, want to hear all about this brand and how you got into it. We need to pour ourselves a drink. Yes. And we need to light up a stogie because it wouldn't be a cigar podcast if we didn't smoke cigars. Before that, can we just go? Can we just talk about how much of America is in this pot? In this, there's a right lot now? of America. There's going a on lot right of now. America right now. <laughs> Besides there the is. stickers and the labels, we got America cigar cutters, America torches. I even whipped out the, the old night the nineties tie with Statue of Liberty and America on it. it. We both got red and white blue. I got red, white, on. blue. I got. Sun. Star Spangled. Wow. I got Sun. the socks, man. Look at this. Come on. Wow. Can you see that on the... There you go, baby. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, you know... I got we, the flag. I got this. I even got the the, 
That's it. I don't know if you showed this. We even got these cutting them with. We got like everything. Lam, American burned out. Okay. Cutters. A great cutter. <laughs> you know, when we have a guest on and they have a certain niche or a certain symbol that they represent, we got to try and do as much as possible. When we had Ed Reed on. I make sure I wore black and purple. I wore pur- purple socks, purple toe. shirt, purple. Yeah. So when you you know Patriot Cigar Company, someone who represents America, cares about America, you know, it's easy to wear red, white, and blue all over. You knocked it out of the park. Thank you. you. <laughs> and we got the we got a new. Uh, Oh man, this thing's heavy. <laughs> this is heavy. New ashtray. This was um, uh, courtesy of Alan. He brought this to us. This is a Patriot cigar. This thing is fucking heavy. It's like thirty it pounds. Okay, this size. is like a solid. Is this granite or marble? It's granite. Yeah, you're killing somebody with that. Holy yeah. shit! It's over. So uh, <laughs> we're actually going to give one of these away um, in January, yes, sir. When this episode, this episode will probably come out right before or right on you know January first, and we're going to give one of those away. So if you want a weapon. Uh, as well as an ashtray. <laughs> Man. He gave that to me and I was just like, holy yeah. shit. Like this thing I is swapped them out. I was like, I was like, all right, easy luck. I was like, I was oh, surprised damn. how heavy they were when they showed up. I was like, what is this box? And I was like, yeah, they're they gotta be at least five pounds. Yeah, it's I no, think solid. It's no so, joke. All right, so what do we um, what do we smoke? We got a selection here that you're Yeah, we brought. have a nice little plethora, cornucopia of different blends you and sizes. That That's yeah. my favorite word. I brought, I, I so what do we have here? Four. I brought all four. So you have uh we have two Habano 2000 wrappers, which we got the TNT. Uh, this is a 60 gauge, uh, six and a half, I believe. Got to got to remember. Damn. Um, <laughs> Let me see that, that bad boy. That's wow. that's a great smoke. Um, so what I like to call the breakfast stick, which goes great with uh, with coffee, is the Mark 48 Torpedo, which is a 52 gauge, uh, six and a half uh, inch stick. This one has like. Um, that creaminess you like. If, if you like smoking cigars with coffee like I do, that's why I, I, I wanted this blend specifically for um, for, for coffee. Mm. Like, I'll smoke this in the morning. Nice egg sandwich, pour myself a dog Ooh, roast. A little Becky action. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, that's right. And, and smoke this. So uh, then we got our our big, uh, big Maduro, which is uh, also six and a half uh, by 60. Um, and for a Maduro, it's not... It's not that heavy, heavy Maduro smoke, you know. It's um, a matter of fact, a lot of people say, "Oh, it's kind of medium for a Maduro." But uh, this is great. I would say this is probably my favorite. This is what I'm going to be smoking. And then we got the Hellfire, the five and a half by sixty Maduro. This one, the Hellfire, the Hellfire. This kind of looks like a feral pig. Yeah, it it, it does. It does. It does. Um, I actually, I, I like that shape. I like the feral pig. I, I wanted something a little different for it you know, with, with the cap. Um, this one, it brings the fire. This one has some spice to it, especially on the retro hail. People are telling me, uh, I had a buddy of mine tell me, yeah, I smoked it. I grew red, white, and blue chest hair. <laughs> you know? And, uh, but this one, I, another buddy of mine is like, yeah, you know, I don't smoke cigars that often. And uh, I tried it. I'm, I'm cutting my lawn and I had to stop halfway through. I was getting dizzy. I, you know, I, I so. <laughs> Let's do it. This one, I, I definitely wouldn't smoke on an empty stomach. But yeah, that's... Uh, well, that's the one I'll that's definitely the one, be trying. Eric wants that one. I'm, I want this bad boy right here, okay? The this hellfire. is And I will say what I, I love about... I noticed right off the bat is the 1776 on the side of the wrapper. Yeah. Okay? Shout out to America. <laughs> um, Shout out to America. But I love sure. it. I, I'm, Eric will talk about this too. Bands are, are key. We always I analyze every... I look for yeah. all the minute details. Yeah. In the bands, right? And that's the first thing I noticed is the 1776. 
And I'm trying to see. It's a shield with the American flag and the American eagle, obviously representing America, being the national, the national animal. Yeah. Cuban sea. And I noticed there's something like above and below the 1776. Now you're going to make me look. I think that we just got it's just like uh, just a, I was wondering if it was like an eagle or something. It looks like just a quick little design, but yeah, like a little gold leaf. Uh, yeah, I was a name for it, and I can't think of it now. Like, uh, you know, the when you have the American eagle, and they, I want to, I'm going to say the word twigs wrapped. Oh, up is in it the, la- the laurel leaves? Yeah, that yeah, what yeah, it is? yeah okay. you know what? Because yes. uh, I have there, I have an, uh, an American eagle, American flag picture in my house upstate, and it has a, a bunch of those little. Whatever you just call them right. around yeah. the, the the outer perimeter of the picture. Yes. I noticed it. And I said, "What the heck is that?" Okay. All right. So let's. Um. Now here's oh. the thing. Do I? Okay. Now I'm going to ask you since you made the cigar. So you have a, it's basically a long tail. Yeah. Uh, coming off the the cap here that is underneath the label. Should I just cut and smoke through that, or do I peel this off and then? I think it's personal preference. So I've smoked it both ways. Okay. And um. Being that they put the tail under the label, like I like the V cut, so I'll, I'll cut the V, I'll leave it on there, it stays, and I burn through it. And then I, I cut it, and I had a few that are loose, and I was just able to pull it okay. out after it was cut. So I just kind of went with the flow on how, how the cigar Okay. Was, what's the, was what's the wrapper on the, the Hellfire? What's the wrapper here? It's just a it's just a Nicaraguan Maduro. Okay. Um, the, the binder, the filler... All, all Nicaraguan. They're made with, um, they're made at the Esteli, I'm sorry, in Esteli, Nicaragua, at the Mi Havana Cigar Factory. Um, it's a, an interesting story how I got connected with them through a buddy of mine uh, who I became friendly with. He was a Cuban cigar roller in Havana, uh, very popular there. He, he was attained the level, uh, be a, a level nine roller. Um, there's a little blurb on him. Uh, about him on my website and it's uh alex uh, gonzalez alex uh arias gonzalez or better known as alex glez and he ran the shop outside of the hotel commodoro in havana for uh quite a while as a matter of fact he uh exclusively rolled for uh michael jordan his lanceros oh wow he loves those uh some some saudi royalty um and I became friendly with him through a mutual uh, friend here in the States who had dual citizenship. And I, you know, for about 10 years, I'd be a, you call me a cigar collector. Okay. Um, I was getting a lot of um, would custom. Like some, would you like some bourbon, Alan? Sure. Why not? Right. Can't let you drink it Which, by the way, we're drinking this Weller's Special Reserve or Weller's Special Reserve. I had it over the weekend at my family Christmas party. It looks, and it's, it's got a great color too. And it's delicious. Justin, you want some, right? Obviously. What kind of question yeah, is that? Like of that. course I want some bourbon. I don't want to waste any. There we go. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Alan. Continue. So um so for years, you know, we we've we've talked on the phone and you know through through the internet and uh I helped him with things and he he would always send me gifts from Cuba, you know, bundles of cigars that he rolled, which so I he he moved to the States about almost uh three years ago. And partnered up with these two gentlemen out in California that have two cigar lounges called um, Mi Havana Cigar Lounge. And they bought a factory and they started doing their blending and rolling. So the moon's kind of aligned. He came to the States, um, lives here permanently now. And he said, you know what? 
it's time. Let's let's do something. And he worked on blends for me for a, a long time and smoked a lot of cigars to figure out what I wanted. I couldn't decide on one. I had like eight to choose from. I narrowed it down to four. And uh, and, and this is where we're at. But he... Um, nice. He, so you started with eight, you said, and then you yeah, got like rid I, of four and said, eh, I don't really like those. I'm going to keep... I, I, I okay. loved all eight, but I was like, I'm not going to come out of the gate with eight. No, cigars. yeah, because then people are going to say, well, then it's probably trash because it's, <laughs> right. you know, you have eight blends right off the, yeah, you can't and, do that. And and people were like, well, you're going to come out with four? And I was like, I know I, my, my plan was to come out with one, just just one, you know, and, and go from there. But then I, you know, I started thinking about it. Oh, let's do, let's do different, you know, let's do different shapes. Let's do different uh, uh, blends. And I wanted to, you know, when I came up with the Patriot Cigar Company name, because, I am a political podcaster. I, I'm, I'm heavy into conservative politics. Doesn't even matter where you lie with politics. It, you know, you, you, you smoke cigars, it all goes away. And then uh, it came to, well, what do I want to name each one? And I came up with, you know, the uh, ordinance names of, you know, military missiles and things like that. I was going to ask you about yeah. that. I was going to ask you about the naming convention. So, you know, this one that the, the big Maduro, the Moab, the mother of all bombs, mm-hmm. which, uh, yeah. you know, of, of course, is, is, is famous for what it does. Then you have the torpedo, the Mark 48, which you'll find on, you know, our submarines and the Navy. You have, and then just I the, the TNT stick of dynamite demolition, hence the the yeah. tail on it, and the Hellfire. Oh which, no, shit! Yeah. That's a cool little yeah. touch. Why? He, he calls it the TNT, and he had I don't, what I was telling you was this. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. It was like the tail, so it's like that's the the, the fuse. The fuse. Of the dynamite. That's a gr- see. I gotta love the stories, yeah. right? You gotta love the stories about the cigar. That's it. That's exactly I, what I thought of when you said TNT. And, and that was a one that Alex, when he was in Cuba, he had rolled. And he he called it the TNT. It was a Cuban cigar. It was great. And when he moved to the States, obviously, his Cuban rolls, if you had them, you had them. That was it. He's done with them. I happened, I probably have in, in, in my humidor at home, I have a walk-in in my basement. And, nice. Uh, and uh, I'm an I'm an overdoer. I'm a little bit of an overdoer. No, I, I think I don't think you did enough. <laughs> and uh, I should have a whole a whole the whole basement should be a humidor. I, I, <laughs> I it's a lounge. I asked him if um you know hey you know I want to use the name TNT and I want to do a roll similar to what you did with your Cuban roll and keep the name TNT and 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 he was over the moon happy that I I wanted to do that. So he was like yeah absolutely. So that's where that one came from. And uh, the Hellfire, obviously, it's a missile on some uh, attack helicopters and some planes in, in the military. Love it. I love it. So, so where did where did it all start? Like, because I read that you were uh, a first responder at nine eleven. So, you know, what's a little bit of your background, your biography, and give us a little bit of uh, who you so, are. I was a um, paramedic in the city, and uh, first off, thank you very much for yeah. oh, what you did. Okay, now. it's yeah, that's. Like, it's very it's it's awkward when people uh say that because it's it's one of those like it is what it is i don't i don't talk about it often and um i was 21 years old i grew up very fast that day um it's i i don't do that for a living anymore what big reason because of that and uh it just it's something that like, i'm 43 years old now so it but it's like every day. There isn't a day that that uh, that doesn't go by that I don't think of something. You know, it's something that always reminds me mm-hmm. of it. And when you try to talk to people about it, uh, which I don't do, or when people try to get me to talk about it, I could say is um, 
there are sights and smells that will stay with me for the rest of my life that I really wouldn't wish on anybody. Mm, wow. You know, it, it's, it's, and not to mention that, you know, when I'm 21 years old, I mean, 21, what, what were you doing at 21 years old? Mm, definitely not saving people in a catastrophe. Yeah. Not doing that. I was I working know. on an ambulance was... in some of the worst neighborhoods in New York City at 21. And then this happens and 19 of my friends dead. Imagine 21 years old and in a, in, in a day's time you lose 19 of your friends. That's crazy. I can't friends even you've grown yeah. up with and, uh, you know, work, you know, you're all in the emergency services together where they were firemen or cops. And then boom, or ho, oh, you're you're hoping that when you're looking at the list every day down at the pile, well, this this one is still missing. Well, let's see if he's on the list. If they if he's still missing or if he's found, let's go mosey on to the makeshift morgue and start asking questions. You know, I've I've had a few good friends that they were never able to have physical remains till later rest. You know, and it's just so that 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 part of my life brought me to getting involved uh, into politics um, on many different aspects. Uh, like I, you know, I, I do a political podcasting now. Um, What's it called? So my, my show is called uh, the great divide with Alan Jacoby. Like I'm on, I'm not allowed on YouTube. Like you guys are, I've been banned <laughs> from YouTube. Um, you know, I'm on Apple podcasts and, and rumble and things like that. And then I, collaborate with a lot of shows also political shows that are not allowed on youtube so i went ahead and built the uh patriot podcast network on roku tv i just you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna build out and buy an internet tv network <laughs> <laughs> it's just fuck it i'm just gonna buy that. an internet tv network and i said honey i'm buying a tv network and she goes what are you doing now what <laughs> don't worry about so it have, so i have roku so i can i can how do i get how all do you I have get? to do is like on your roku tv app just just type in patriot podcast network it'll come right up like any other channel you download it on okay. there and it's there all right yeah i'm gonna do that um, i just moved in i'm getting a new 65 inch tv with roku so guess what one of the first I, things i download i got so rid of it's only on the roku uh yeah, you it, can't get it on like the Fire Stick. Is that a different? It is. It's different. It's like I had, I I have to pay Roku every every month to keep it on their network, and mm. I I chose Roku because they have more subscribers than uh, Amazon Fire Stick and Apple TV. I love Roku. Roku's yeah. great. I do too. I'm probably going to do a um, a phone app soon for uh, Apple and Android for it. So okay, it, it, it basically mirrors itself. And yeah, it, it's a home for for podcasts that are not allowed on YouTube because political you, podcast or well, any podcast. Uh, I, any listen, I I always said when I started it, I would I would allow any podcasts on it. You know, and most of them are mid to right leaning politically. And I I even say I have friends that are that are liberals and have liberal podcasts. Say, hey, if, if you want to you want to come on the network. And have a spot by all means. By all means, yeah. you know, it's not. Oh, you're a Democrat. No, you're not allowed. No, I, I, I have friends. We're giving you a platform that you're not allowed to. Right. You know, it over there. You can come on. You can right. come on here. Yeah. And and you know, YouTube is YouTube. It's it's saturated. There's a lot on it. There are you know, obviously there's big audiences on there. YouTube I find very difficult. This is different. This is internet television. This is you're sitting in your living room, and instead of going on Netflix, you're on Roku. And there are so many. Yeah, I mean, you get HBO on Roku. Anything yeah. you want. So, you know, I think they have over uh, 55 million uh, monthly subscribers on Roku. So if you're if you're fortunate enough to be on a Roku channel, 
you um you can exploit that audience however you want. Yeah, because the Roku's are like built into the TV. There's like there's TVs yes. built around. Yeah, Roku. like a smart. Yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because I know a few like the two TVs that I have both have Roku in them. So I mean that probably where I made your decision because I don't see you don't have Amazon or um, right. Amazon's not like that or uh, what's the other one? Um, it's Amazon and you said the, the, you just said before uh, Apple TV. Apple TV. Apple yeah, TV. That's it. They um. You know, I, I have friends that have uh, – <clears throat> talking to one buddy. He's got a, a law enforcement uh, podcast, uh, talking to him about bringing his show on. And it's like Netflix. Like if you go on to it, we do have the live streaming capability. Like there's a live streaming aspect to it where there are shows that do live streaming and we have a schedule. Like there's someone that does 10 a.m. to noon. They do a morning show Monday to Friday. I have someone else that does the 5 o'clock. You know, all my podcasts I do are live. I, I used to do pre-recorded. They're all live now because I like interacting – with all the chats, like people want to talk and comment, and and I and I find that to be really engaging and helps with the um, uh, the viewership. But you know, it's 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 definitely a different avenue other than being on YouTube or Rumble if you're doing video podcasts. Like the Burn Down podcast would look great up with a whole with a whole category on the Patreon. <laughs> there you go. Network. So that's there what you it, go. And that's what it looks like. Like when you go on it. You'll see like the live streaming and then every show has their own category. So like when they release an episode, if they're not live, they, they just send it into us and it gets uploaded every time they send an episode in. And then when the live streaming goes 24-7, even the shows that are not live, if, if there isn't a show live at the moment – your shows will be streaming on the live stream mm. as if it's live. So it, it's cool. Um, it, it gets hundreds. The So the way it works is like you download it onto your television or onto the Roku device itself. And we get about, I'd say about 300 network installs a week. Um, okay. I, which, you know, so, so 300 people average a week are installing it on their television or oh, Roku okay. device. Oh, okay. Um, and the analytics I get to see every Monday direct from Roku tells me the hours of streaming. It tells me how many people downloaded the, the network. And uh, we started in March of last year. And I think we're, we're over – and I, well, I haven't done any marketing. It's just the shows that are on there are promoting the network. Hey, you can find me here on Roku. And I think we have a little over 15,000 installs as of – this past Monday, fifteen thousand TVs. Yeah, fifteen thousand TVs. Wow. So I mean, for for just word of mouth, that's, and that's, that's incredible. Yeah. And you said you started this in March. March of last, yeah, March of this year, March. March, yeah. Of, yeah so yeah. less than what was it, six months? Yeah. So you started you started that March. March, and you started this this in September. This final this launched September 9th. Oh wow! I actually I was in production because I was I think I when I saw you guys first launching one, and I I was like. Look at these guys. They came out with a cigar. This is great. And I'm like, they beat me. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still in production. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and, and I was so happy to see it. Like, it, it always makes me happy when I see a new cigar coming out. Like, from from just, hey, we, we, we want to have a cigar. You know, like, you guys have been doing this podcast, what, I, I, if I, like around 2019, right? Three and, and a half years. years. Yeah. Three and a half years. And that, first of all, that in itself. If you know the podcasting world, or when, maybe when you started and said you guys want to do a podcast, maybe you did a little research and you people mm-hmm. don't realize how I – mean, at this point, yeah, it's easy. But it's, it's not easy to start. You have to, be, you have to be 
comfortable in front of a camera. You have to be comfortable talking either to yourself. I do solo shows sometimes for two and a half hours. I talk to myself yeah. for two and a half hours. I, I don't always have someone to talk to. Yeah. That in itself is difficult. 100%. And then they have, you know, they say most people, when they start, they don't get past their 10th episode. They mm-hmm. get that pod fade. Yep. And they just, they can't do it anymore. They, they yep. run out of content. You know, life happens. So it's, it's, it's always a big accomplishment when you, you know... But we did 50 episodes. We did 100 episodes. Yeah. You know? We're approaching 200 now. And I think right. when we first, when you, like, to, to off your point, is I think it was over 90% of episodes don't, or podcasts don't make it past episode 13. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what we say. We you did say a whole 10. Episode it was, on but, the statistics one day. And it was, and it was just, like it that. was, in, and then when we started looking into it of how many episodes, because we said, oh, don't make it past 13. How many episodes get to 100? Or how many podcasts get to 100? And it was, I mean, it's obviously even less. It was yeah. less than 1%. I said, right. how many get to 200? How many get to 1,000? Like, and it was, I mean, Joe Rogan's obviously one of the, probably one Anonymous. of the only ones that get to 1,000, but still. When you get paid $50 million to yeah, do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'll get there one day. <laughs> I'll, make but, one, I'll make one every fucking day. I'll <laughs> exactly. make two days. But, exactly. but to the point is, it's it's the, every every additional episode that you put out, right? And this is kind of a little motivation for people starting a podcast. You start the podcast. I would say, I would argue that starting it is not difficult. Because when we first started it, we had a iPhone. And you turn the iPhone on. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't difficult to start it. But it's difficult to keep it going and keep putting out every single week yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. And then it gets to a point now, you get past that 13 episodes. Now you're in the top already 10% of all podcast episodes right. or podcasts. But now you get to a point, all right, you're at 100. Now you're at 150, 100, 200. Every episode that you publish after that, your um, circle, like the other podcasts that are in that same realm as you, gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, right? Because you get to 100. Now you have maybe there's only 100,000 podcasts that have got to 100 out of yeah. the 10 million. Right. You get to 200. Now there's only 10,000. You get to 500, there's only maybe 500 podcasts on the planet. That, so every yeah. every episode you keep publishing, your circle gets smaller and smaller. Or or the, the company that you keep, right? All those, you're in a smaller and smaller. Yeah, a smaller and smaller level. So it's like it's just another drive. Keep another one. Post another one. Post another one. Post another right. one. And then you, when you start podcasting, no matter what, what you're podcasting about, you, you meet so many great people. Like oh, the yeah. connections you oh, make. Yeah. Just from doing this. Like here, I was watching you guys before I even just smoking cigars and now I'm sitting in your studio. You know what I mean? Like, and that's. And you're a fellow Long Islander. So shout out. And that's crazy too. It's like, so, I mean, this is, I'm not going to mention any names, but this is how small of a world this is. Okay. His cousin, I I know, I know his cousins. So that's long. So I know his cousins. I went to high school. They were at a rival high school. Friends of a friends of a friend's. Turns out the cousin was like, oh, yeah, well, somebody, somebody I knew has a podcast. I don't remember it. And he pulled it up. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, he goes, I'm going to be on their podcast next week. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I know. You were, are you born and raised on Long Island? Hmm? Oh, no. Crazy. Yeah, I went to school. Crazy. Yeah, I went to school in Levittown. Oh, no shit. I live in Wantua now. Yeah, he went to my rival high school where his That's cousins so went to. Like, That's crazy. I was like, yo, I live right. He goes, yeah, I live right down the road from here. He literally lives five minutes from where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. And my, Such you know, a small world. My, my family's still in Levittown. Um, you know, well, I, I love Long Island. I do. And uh, I'm. I'm I'm probably one of the few that I've ever heard say that. Well, I was, I was, listen, I was always the guy. Out of all my friends, it said, I will never leave. I'll never leave New York. I'll never leave Long Island. 
they all were like, well, we're out of here. And most of them have left. They got married. They had kids. Whether they moved up north, down south, that west, whatever it was, most of them moved. And here I am. I was the Long Island fanboy. I'm not moving. I'm not leaving. I love it. To I, I'm going to leave at some point. And not because I don't love it anymore. Long Island is a great place. It's it's I feel I feel bad for new families starting out. Yes, you know it, it because is, it's not the same. Not only it's not the same, it is so expensive to live here. Yeah, we right? were just talking about that earlier. Right. Yeah, like you know when you have a two thousand square foot house, which is not a large house, and you're paying thirteen, fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars in taxes, mm-hmm. and then you look at your schools and wonder why the school superintendent's making four hundred thousand dollars a year and ignores every parent in the district. That's a problem. Man. Yes. When, when, and on top of that, you're paying $15,000 for a quarter of an acre of land. For a postage stamp. What you're literally you in, in a cookie cutter house where your neighbor is, is literally on top of you, yeah. like right next yeah. to you. Right. And how many people have that neighbor that they just don't get along with? You know, I, I literally, I'm on a corner. So my one neighbor that's directly next to me, we just, it's like, like fire. We don't even talk anymore. But, you know, the neighbors across the street are great. Across the street over here are great. So here I am, you know, spending $14,000 a year to live next to this, you know. Uh, the and that's just taxes. That's, that's just taxes. Just taxes. That's not yeah. like the, the $700,000 mortgage that you have because your right. house is through the freaking roof on the ground. Ga- okay. Or the freaking ga- the heating gas bill okay. that you got to fucking pay because oil is ex- It's, it's expensive. Roof. I think they said that Long Island is one it, – it is one of the most expensive – Places to live in the country. Yeah, well, I, where I live is right behind. I live in Westchester County now, and it is right behind one of the counties in California. Because yeah. Westchester is, if not, I would top say, three yeah. most expensive counties in. Yeah, the I would country. say yeah, yeah, like the new, like New York City and the surrounding. Right, obviously, New York City, but yeah, let's say here, let's you know, Long see. Island, and then a little bit up right into here. like the Metro New York area, mm-hmm. and then out into. Like L.A., California, Hollywood, Beverly Hills. Obviously, that's super, super rich. Right. But it's it's crazy when I, I when I travel and I tell people the taxes that you pay. I said, yeah, you're probably not paying less than ten thousand dollars in taxes. Uh, and they go, what? I said, yeah, about ten thousand. I think you know, depending on where you are, it could be upwards fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year right. in taxes. Crazy. They go, I pay. They go, I pay like two hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Like if that, I pay like two grand in taxes. I go, yeah. what? I met a guy what? from Tennessee. I met a guy from Tennessee a few years ago and he, he was a young guy and he's like, yeah, I got a 3000 square foot home. I got a Corvette. I got a Ford F-150. I got a couple quads. I got 20 acres of land. I'm like, don't mind me asking, how much is your mortgage? 900 bucks. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. yeah. What? We pay more in taxes than some people pay in mortgage. Whenever I oh tell people that you pay, I, you know, we pay thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a month in, for, in taxes, they go, that's like. That's more than my mortgages. It's insanity. So, yeah, it's fucking and crazy. I, I was looking at houses, um, you know, two years ago. I sh- that's when I should have I should have made the move. But uh, looking at houses, I thought he was going to say that's when I shit a brick. That too. That too. <laughs> that too. When I'm looking at houses in South Carolina, four thousand square foot houses for you know three hundred, four hundred thousand, yeah, and the stupid. taxes are it's four five hundred a year. Like what is you going go down on? like you go down like well that's why you know we're, I was talking about how we're looking upstate and it's it's just it's just it's not even all of it's not New York State. It's just like Long Island and yeah. New York State. Because we you know go way up north. I got a buddy who got his house he's got a I think it's four bedroom, two and a half bath, two car garage, full basement, brand new construction, brand new in a little community it was like 180,000. 
brand new construction. Uh, come on, from I want to be, be happy on this podcast. I, I, I go uh, unbelievable. You what? go, and that's what I'm saying. You go up like I was looking at pieces of land upstate in Catskills, Lake Placid, Saratoga Springs, yeah. all the way upstate. Yeah. You get like ten acres for forty grand. Yeah, I'm like ten fucking Dude, I just acres. My place. It's stupid. It's crazy. It's so. stupid. And then and then you try to defend. Like I always yeah. try to defend. I'm like, yeah, we pay a lot in taxes, but you can't beat the services that we're paying for. Like everything is readily accessible. Everything. Yes, you know, with yes. it, from the 911 system to the sanitation system to I mean, yeah. I, I guess you could say the school system. Although I, I I'm, used to. I'm, used to. Yeah, pu- public school system, they should just burn it to the ground. <laughs> it needs a big, listen, it needs listen, a big makeover. I, listen, I agree because my sister my sister was, was a public school teacher and, yeah. and she had enough and was like, I'm fucking out. I, my, she my was there for like 15 my, years and said, I'm done. Yeah. My wife and my sister-in-law are both in the school district in Westchester, but I mean, I, I never heard of – I thought schools were like, oh, good and plenty. As soon as they start working in the schools, there's like drama. There's like all this pro- these oh, yeah. problems, having oh, yeah. people. I'm like, I thought like everyone liked each other in school. They're like, no, it's a mess. It's a this, mess. This person it's does this. They're, they're tenured, so they don't they yeah. don't have to get in trouble. They treat people <laughs> and like this. I'm and like, that's public school. Like, like it's a public school because yeah. private schools are completely different. Yeah, private schools yeah, yeah. don't have to abide by the public. Like, the whole the state tenure system, thing blows yeah. my mind too. Like I get it, but also like there should be a little more accountability because there's some stories I hear about people who are tenured and how they. Act. They can do. They feel like they can do whatever they want. They can they do want. whatever yeah. they want. Yep. It's like, well, he's they're tenured, so you know, you can't really tell them what to do. He's a supervisor, and he's been here for twenty years. Doesn't matter if he called this person an asshole, dick face, fuck. You know, he's tenured. You know what's funny is that it's. I look. I look <laughs> back at some of the shit that happened, like when I was in high school. I had a teacher once that used to throw shit at the students. Like if oh, yeah. you weren't paying attention, and we didn't think anything of it because you were being an asshole. You weren't. Pay- He'd be on a chalkboard, right? And he was. This, it was great. It's a quick story. A guy did not want a whiteboard. This one whiteboards like every school had. He's like, no, I'm old school. I want a fucking chalkboard, right? And he would write. He'd be on on the chalkboard like this, and he would hear somebody fucking off in the background. Like no. he would turn around and he would <laughs> wing the chalk right at the student. Hell yeah! You'd be sitting there like texting or whatever, and bang! You'd be like, what the fuck? He'd go, pay attention. Right. Imagine and that happened now. That's what I say. Oh my god! When, Imagine football. I don't know if oh I played sports god. growing up. No. I mean, my my football coach. I mean, you know, they were fucking. And I didn't. I'm like, this is part of the territory. This is football. They're gonna be yelling at you, cursing right. at you, motivating yeah. you. They'll fucking hit you on the head with the fucking. They'll throw footballs at you. Can't do that now. You. They'll Can't call you a fucking now. pussy. Stop being a fucking pussy. Look what happened. Wasn't there a story about my buddy, a my buddy. coach who smacked a player on the butt and they got and got him? Uh, oh, I suspect. Know. Suspect, whatever. There have been quite a few stories around the country. Just, <sighs> just that. I mean, little things that when we were in high school, you expected it wasn't. It was. It was the norm. Now. It, and you realize you did something stupid. Right. So like now, now the teacher's getting fired and the student has to run to their safe space. They don't know what locker room to oh use. Oh my god, I the mean, safe space. Yeah, I can boys, I can don't get me going on that. I can go for hours. No, we, <laughs> I don't know. We might open it up, man. I mean, yeah, man. I, we might open this you know, up. Man. We got, worms, we're man. only thirty five minutes this in, is, man. We this, got this this is very this is new to me. So like being on a podcast, not immediately ripping into politics, this is a first for me. And the funny thing is, is our thing is we don't really talk about politics. <laughs> I, know, I know that. I know that. My, and my wife is like, you're going to go there. Politics are not going to come up. And I go, I'm going to – no, I'm not going to engage in politics <laughs> at all. I don't want to offend anybody, you know. But And, and that's – but this what, isn't politics. This no. is the school system that's yeah, like, like – right. This stuff we're talking about with schools, it's not politics. It's just – uh, it's logical life. Like you need, you need obstacles. You need 
like hard times to develop and become a better person yeah. because someone yells at you. You had a call and say he hurt my feelings. How, what happens when you're in the real world and you have a job and your boss like this stuff can't last? Oh, you know no. what I'm, you know what I want to say. It's funny because you said so. I was listening to Joe Rogan right or, uh, a couple days ago. He had he was talking to uh, it was either David got no he was he was some guy. Um, uh, more more plates, more dates was his YouTube channel. I forgot the guy's name. Anyway, he was saying that that he grew up in the Northeast and it was talking about like you need the challenge, you need the struggles. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because we're all Northeast born. He said, I love being born in the Northeast because there's something about the winters there, like the struggling through the winter. Like, it, it, it makes you into like a hardened motherfucker because yeah. you got to go to school in two and a half feet of fucking snow. It's not. No, school's not canceled. Get your fucking snow boots on. Walk to fucking school. Let's go. It's freezing. Go do your work. Go yeah. through practice. Does Nowadays, kids. Oh, inch of snow. I can't. I'm going to stay home because I, I don't want to get my Gucci slippers wet. Okay. <laughs> That's what I always say. Fuck you. I The Northeast, it, you know. People who live down south with all the warm weather and the west coast are always they don't hot understand. And warm, they don't understand the struggle. They take for granted the, the the weather they have, and you know people love it. And some people are like, oh my god, it's so hot. But in the northeast, when the spring and the summertime come around, you feel like you earned yeah. that. You weather. love it. Like, yeah. You feel like you earned the roll the right. windows down, the music yeah. up, yeah. the wind blowing your face. You yep. you earned that because I suffered through the freaking negative five degrees scraping the ice off of my car. Yeah. Okay. I don't know about you guys. I again I'm in my early forties. Every year I feel the winter a little bit more <laughs> than I did the year before. I'm like No, it's you, true. It's true. Me? It's true. Yeah. You know but but it's almost like all right it feels a little bit cold. Like I got this. All right, here we go. Grit, grit the teeth. And go outside. Days where I'm like, yeah. I love the snow. And there's other days I'm like, I fucking can't stand the snow. But yeah. it's a love hate thing. With I hate it when days. I got to clean the cars off and you know. Shit I will like that. say, I will say. So one thing that I do, I do really appreciate. I really am grateful for it. Is auto starting the car? Absolutely. Okay. It it's a, a little. Must. It is a luxury, bougie ass thing. But I fucking love it. Ain't yep. even bougie. That, ain't, that okay. is essential. Because everybody say, "Oh, I didn't have auto start. I had to walk out there and start the car." I was like, I still do that with my yeah. wife's car. Yeah. I still go out and start it. I did okay. that for the first but, couple of years having a car. I had a Merc 03 Mercury around near. And you know what sucks? <laughs> yeah. hey, this, tell me this hasn't happened to you, right? You're like, oh, it's fucking the snow. It's cold. You go, all right, auto start. Boop boop. You click the button. You hear it go. You see it go and starts. You go, great. Go do what I'm going to do, right? I'm going to get out there and your car's off. You're like, yep. what the fuck? You open the door, low fuel. Mother. That, fuck. That oh. just happened. Mother. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I did that with my wife's car. My <laughs> wife, my, I, I was like, let me get, let me, uh, let me wipe the snow off your car. Let me do the auto start. She's like, I don't, for some reason, my wife doesn't care about the auto start. For someone who's always cold, she's always saying it's cold in the house, everything. Never used She's it. like, I don't care about the, I'm like, you're always cold. And I'm like, okay, I'll Use do it for you. the auto start. So I did it for her and I went to go wipe off the snow and then it was off. And I'm like, why is it off? And I went in and it was like low fuel. And I'm like, well, sorry. I got to take your car to get gas now. You got to wait another 15 minutes. I'm OCD with the uh, the fuel levels in the car. My, my wife, she'll she'll let that thing it'll be like <laughs> trying to suck the gas out. Yeah, I, no, I same. Need, I, you you, I you never let it go past. Yep. I don't, I don't, let, it, I don't let it go past half. <laughs> I, on my way here. 
I'm like, I'm like, oh, just below a quarter, and I'm like, oh, this is unacceptable. No, I gotta, I, I gotta get can't gas. Do can't do it. Can't do it. I, I, I can't do it. Needs to be at least. What was and that? I hate. Remember that feeling you used to have, like in high school, when you first started driving a car? The feeling of having a full tank of fucking gas. Oh yeah. Because it like didn't come often. Because yeah. you didn't have the money no, to put no. the gas in. You're like, I'm gonna let this sucker run on. Sludge. I remember for my birthday once, I got a fifty dollar gas card from like my uncle or something, and I and I I usually gold. I, didn't have, I didn't have money really that much, so when I did it. I had a Mercury Mountaineer, so it guzzled gas. Yep. So I put the fifty dollars, and I was like, "Ooh, honestly, like I'm telling you, that was one thing that made you feel like a boss. It That's, made you feel, yeah, if for me, I still do. It made me feel, <laughs> it made me feel like successful. Like mm-hmm. when you got in your car and you had a full tank of gas, you almost want to, you almost, especially when somebody else gets in, you're like, see that. That's a full, full tank. tank right there. Especially yeah. now with the gas price. You know what I'm saying? You feel like a rock star that you're able to fill up <laughs> yeah. your car oh, sure. at $4 <laughs> a gallon. Yeah. I'm rich, bitch. I just filled up my tank for $100. You want to show it up. Like, you see that? That's a full tank gas right yeah. there. You like that? Listen, yeah, get, we don't run on E on this pumped car. up. When I see the, the miles go from 55 to 498, I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah I, just, okay. I got uh, 500 miles in this bitch. <laughs> I filled up for uh, gas. Was it yesterday? I got it for, it was like 325. I know, two days ago. 325 a gallon. My wife's car. And uh, I, I was getting a bargain, three twenty-five. I couldn't believe it. You know, at three twenty-five, when you think you're getting a bargain, it's a problem. I know yeah. it's a fucking yeah. Br- you know? yeah. And I love they had a thing on the other on the on the news the other day. Uh, Gas prices yeah. are down. No, they said, yeah, they said it. They said, uh, just want to let you know, as we're coming into the holiday season. We want to make Americans aware that our gas prices are actually down mm. from the same time last year. And they put it up. Take a guess how much they were down. Ten cents. Two cents. Yeah. So, and they, that was a story. Yes, Two cents. It's, the, it's all about the messaging and who's going to sit in front of their oh idiot box on TV God. and eat it and believe it. And my you wife, all my wife looked at me. She goes, it's two fucking cents. Yeah. She goes, if it was like 30 cents, all right, great. Yeah, you, you get That's a good, it's good news. It's two fucking cents. It's the same goddamn price. It's enough to feed the narrative. And of course, gas, you know, we said earlier about, oh, it's not political. We're talking about schools. It always ends up political one way or another. Where you're talking about schools, you're talking about gas prices because mm-hmm. there's always an argument. Well, you know, Somebody will make, they'll make right. it political. You know what? I, right. I, I have not – like it's an everyday consumption of – it's something – I don't know if it's just me now, but like I feel like everything is around politics more than ever. I don't know. Oh, you're yeah. a little bit older, a little more experienced than me, but – No, it's I, true. I, I feel everything. like it's everything that – you know, I walk around and I'm like, oh, that that person, that that, that, that. Yeah, like you start guessing people's like, uh, you know, political class and stuff just by the way they look. And I never used to look at people like that. Yeah. And, and it's just always like in your face. And I feel like you have no choice now. It's like you're talking to somebody and you're like, man, you know, I can agree with this guy or, you know, man, it's probably guy. it's like it's so unfortunate. I'm always willing to have a conversation with anybody no matter what, you know, what side of the fence whatever they're on. Whatever side of the fence yeah. they're on, whatever their ideology We're the same are. way. Just yeah. And I, I'm, I'm never – I always want to hear what they have to say. Like I'm not I'm not looking to – I'm going to get you. I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to have that aha moment. Never. I, I, I'm not, you just want to try to understand why they think the way that they think. Right. And, I'll, and then unfortunately what happens often, especially with the conversations I get into, it's – they want to destroy my humanity, literally. Like yeah, they yeah. want to scream over me and, and and yell at me. I went to. It's been all over the news. I was at uh, a big uh, Republican gala on Saturday in Manhattan, the New York Young Republican Gala that I, I do a lot of of stuff with. 
um, huge organization. They had their annual gallery in Manhattan on Park Avenue. And of course, when we get there, the protesters, I mean, unbelievable amount of protesters. And I'm walking in with my wife and, you know, and they're all lined up and they're screaming at you. I felt like I was getting put to death on an episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Shame. Shame. <laughs> Literally. Shame. Screaming Nazi fascist all of this like you don't need your money give us some like unbelievable things that's what gets me the most like you know and the and, entitlement uh, were I, and then i stopped and i i said and i stopped and and i have have a conversation with me just have a they, and then they don't they want to shut down they don't want to have a conversation yeah. with you. they just want to scream at you middle finger in the face and get as close to you as possible without touching you and um, <laughs> I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And you know they have a they have a, a full drum kit on the street. You know, like um, uh, what was it? They're like, let's go Rangers for hockey. Yeah. Like, Fuck you, Nazi. And they're playing the beat, screaming at the top of their lungs. And, I'm and like, that's yeah. also another thing. People just throw out throw around words yes. like like so frequently. Like you yeah. know how people say like you know don't like the word love. Like people use like I know I love I love this bag. I love this girl. Don't throw the word around love because it's you know, it's a big word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you, you know people throw around racist, Nazi, fascist. All those, you yeah, know what's funny like, is the people oh, that throw hate. around the word fascist don't even know what fascism is. Right. They just they heard somebody else say, oh this person called that person a fascist. So now I'm going to call them. Like, you know I'm what? just going to use that word. But you know what? It. It's like, you don't even know what that fucking means. Right. It just Google it. Yeah. You have a cell phone. You seriously made by, have. Made by a company that's very capitalistic. Yeah. And that that's you, the thing that too. you're going yeah. against. Yeah. yeah. It's. Nobody wants a dictator, you know, an, an, an authoritarian government. Nobody wants that. And it just, unfortunately, and I blame, I blame the mainstream media. And that's why all, 100%. Of, their, all of their ratings are so low. 100%. CNN is collapsing. I remember the days when CNN was actually reporting the news. And that's why, like, when it comes to the podcasting world, and I call it decentralized media, shows like mine, where I'm not a news anchor. I'm not, and I call them news actors because that's what they are. They're sitting yeah, yeah. well-dressed with makeup on behind a news desk getting paid millions of dollars a month to to feed the American people whatever their handlers are telling them to feed them. Oh, yeah. And they're oh, all yeah. repeating the same thing. Threat to our democracy all over the every news channel. And where you have regular working class Americans that happen to have large platforms that are not reporting the news. They're commentating on it and speaking about it. And my goal in, in podcasting politically is very simple. I want people to think for themselves like we used to be able to. Mm-hmm. Form your own opinions based on what you're seeing out there and, and watch Every bit of media you can, whether it's right-leaning, left-leaning, whatever it is, think for yourself, do your own research, believe nothing of what you hear and half of what you see, and you will take a step back and realize, oh, I, I have a clearer picture on yep. what's really going on. Stop. Yes. Get the, get, get the spoon out of your mouth that they're shoving in every night at 8 o'clock telling you, this one's bad, that one's bad, right. this one's a Nazi, this one's a criminal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and run with this narrative 24-7. No. Just, just think for yourself. And and the thing is, too, it's, it's we live it's in so a – We live yeah, – you think. You'd think that it's very easy, right? But we live in a society now that people don't want 
People are lazy. Don't want to think People for don't want to think. They want instant gratification, which is why everything that comes out is get it to you faster, quicker, get it to you now. Doesn't even matter. Like Denzel Washington says, he goes, the the reporters, he goes, now it it doesn't matter if it's true. It's who can get it first. He goes, doesn't matter if it's true. Just fucking say it and sell it. That's it. And people nowadays, all they want is they don't want to think. They just give me give me the information and then I'll just spit it out. Right. There's but no to your point is when when you take all of this information in from all these different sources, like you said, right leaning, left leaning, in the middle, you know, upside down, wherever it comes from, you take all this information in, you sit, you analyze, okay, what am I what are my opinions on this? Now I formulate my own thoughts, right. my own opinions. And now when you actually have a conversation with somebody, you're more intelligent and you're more articulate with your opinion because it's your own opinion. You're not just trying to remember what somebody else said and spit it back out. Right. You actually have your own thoughts. You say, hey, I, I said this person said that, but then this person said over here. So I was kind of concerned. And you know, and then I kind of think it's like – so you have your own ideas and you sound – more intelligent because it's your ideas. It's not somebody else's that you're trying to remember. Going to like back to the, the school system, it, a lot of a lot of it is like remember. Like in high, and I was in school, I studied and I studied to remember, not to understand, yes, just not to remember to the answers. Yes, yes. All right. So what's to two plus two? Okay, four. Why is two plus two four? I don't know. I yes. just know it's four. That's why I hated it, history. It, so you just have to. You yeah. have to remember <laughs> this. Is the answer. Who was the first president of the United States? And you're like answer. Um, yeah. uh, I remember. Oh, George Washington. You know what was his leading up to? You just you just yeah. know it's George Washington. Yeah, that's, that's why I hate it. With, You're remembering names and dates, and that's it. That's right. the same way with with what it is today. Like when I hear something, good amount of time, I'll just Google it or I'll look it up to kind of get see a couple articles, see what different people say, and I'm like, right. okay, well, this this part's inaccurate. This part's accurate. This part sounds kind of accurate, but also inaccurate. And you're like, eh, all right, this is my overall opinion about it. There was but, a there was a professor I had in college that said this thing to me, and it was it stuck with me forever, and it was fantastic. Why I loved him. Okay, he said, listen, why? He goes, why would so whenever we had tests, it was all open book. He goes, you can use the whole book, whatever you want, textbook, everything, make a cheat sheet, whatever you want. He said because the idea is not for me. To let you to make you remember equations and values. He goes, that's not the idea. He goes, you have to understand how to do this problem, how to work this out. Why are we doing it this way? Why are we doing it that way? He goes, why am I going to make you remember something that you can just pull up on your phone or in a textbook? He goes, when you're in the real world, you think the person that built the freaking Golden Gate Bridge, right? Do you think they weren't allowed to use textbooks or use? They had to do it all from memory? Yeah. No. He goes, you can use whatever resources you want. So on the test, use anything that you want. Yeah. Because if you don't know how to do it, that book ain't going to fucking help you. Exactly. So. <laughs> Listen, to this day, and I work with numbers a lot, if I have to multiply and divide and I don't have my phone... I'm fucked. Well, listen, ma- math has never been my strong suit. No. I always struggled in math. I remember I have like a second grade, grade report card and it says, Eric struggles in math. He will struggle for a while. Right. And I, I always you remembered that. Say, so, fuck him now. Well, Look college, at me now, bitch. In college, my degree, it was, it was a marketing degree. You wouldn't think it was very math heavy. I had a lot of math classes and I sucked at math. And the only way to maintain my G, uh, my scholarship was I had to have good grades. So I was like, well, I can't go below 3.0, so I need to pass these math classes. So I legit would sit on a Friday afternoon and a Friday night and learn whatever was finance one, accounting one, and I would do it 
over and over and over and over again until I fucking understood it. And I was like, oh, I get it now after the 10th time. It's because X over this is blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 blah. And that's what you get. So if I input this number, again, oh, I get it now. I'm yeah. ready for the test. And math was my highest grades in college. So like, But you figured it out. You figured out a way that. Yeah. Right? Because my brother, my both my brothers are engineers, a lot smarter than I am in math. They're like, oh, okay. Boop, boop, boop. All right. In one hour, I get it. You know, thermodynamics, they can get it. Me, for, a, you know, accounting 101, it took me eight hours to figure it out, you know, what it was. You both went to college? Yes. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> I kind of, I, I didn't. know. <laughs> I, I, and, and I would not. It was different then when you were going into college. It was different, right? So now I'm a strong believer, like, I will not encourage anyone to go to college these days. Same. I will encourage That's, trade yes. schools. Yes, Same. yes. There are so many things you can do without a college degree, unless you want to become a lawyer, a physician, exactly. an accountant, an engineer. Exactly. And it was a specialty, then, yeah, you have to go exactly. to college. I'm sorry, but I, I would love to see half of the universities in the United States I just, disbanded. I 100, 100 percent agree with you, what you say. It's funny you say that because I just posted, I don't watch the show, but I want to watch it. The, uh, the Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone. Okay. So, oh, I heard about it. So it's actually, I heard it's a really good show, but I posted the clip because it's so funny because he talks about college and he goes, you go to college to get a job to show someone that you showed up for four years, you did the work for four years. Right. So when someone hires you, they think that you may not fuck up their, their business. Right. That's what college is all about, basically. And my, my wife is on the same board. She's like, listen, I don't. I don't really need my kid to go to college. I'm no. gonna, I'm gonna have him be an electrician. Yeah, be a plumber. Yeah, hundred percent. Start at 18, do it till 24. If he doesn't like it, you know, he has that, he has that background. If he wants to go to college, let him go to college. If it doesn't 100%. work, he can go back to the trade. I'm like, it's a fucking beautiful idea. And there's good. like, like you said, there's certain things that are requ- I, I think that you should go to. Like the guy who's doing surgery on somebody's leg. I would hope oh, yeah, he that did. he studied the human anatomy in a book, right? I would hope. Yes. But my my stepfather, perfect example, right? Didn't go to college. Ran two highly, highly successful businesses. Huh? Multiple. Actually, probably probably ran more than two. The two that I know of when I was old enough to understand the business, right? Two highly, highly successful businesses. Didn't go to college. And he says, I can learn more by going into business and yes. working for somebody and learning it yes. than I can learn the fucking well, book. Well, I think most millionaires or billionaires. Yeah. Most- you don't need it. Don't have yeah. a college degree. Yeah. I got a, an associate degree in business retail. What am I doing with that? Especially right. nowadays. I have a bachelor's it. in marketing. I'm a commercial insurance broker. You can be mm-hmm. a commercial insurance broker with a high school yeah. degree. Exactly. You have to take a test. Yeah. Just yeah. like I'm in the insurance industry. I had to take a test for my license. Yeah. And I and I work for myself doing it. I The cigar company is my third business now. It would have been my fourth. I, I got rid of one. I never went to college. I was going to go to college. To become a funeral director. Really? Yes, because I had family members that were in the business. They had a funeral home. And I used to help my aunt, back when I was 15 and 16 years old, pick up the bodies at the airport, help her with the embalming procedure. That's what, that, that's what prompted me to come, become a paramedic. I worked in, in an emergency room when I was 19 years old. Oh, shit. You know, and then I you know, were working on an ambulance. And, and, and I, I've, I've, I've seen a lot. And that's what I wanted to do because... I saw these funeral directors, you know, Nassau Community College, you go to Mortuary Signs, you get a two-year degree. And it's very hard to get into that program. 
and I was I was all ready to do it. I you know last minute I was like you know what it's not for me. I just not into the whole into the into the whole uh, educational setting. I don't want to do it. But the funeral directors I knew back then were cleaning up hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, just traveling around and embalming bodies, whatever it was. And what's embalming bodies? What does that mean? Well, you prepare. You, you've been to a funeral. You see somebody lying. You blow up a body. Yes, yeah, yeah, you <laughs> blow them up. That's my initial where, thought. Where are the M80s? You blow them up. So, so, give them a hellfire. I mean, before they get in that coffin, they have to be prepared. So, like, if it's let's just say you know someone's grandma dies, she's not getting an autopsy. They're bringing her into the funeral home. They're draining all of her bodily fluids. She's, she's on a metal table. They're draining her. They're pumping her full of formaldehyde. She's passing wind a little she's bit. She's passing yeah. wind a little bit. You know, they're putting the makeup. They're doing granny's hair. They're throwing a dress on her. And sometimes... They got, yeah, especially, yeah, open cast. Yeah, make sure they yeah. look... look. I mean, if the mouth is stuck open, they got to close it and tie it through the nose like a like a Thanksgiving turkey with twine. I mean, See, a lot I didn't of know that. Into, That's yeah. fucking your mouth can perma- Your mouth can stay open. Sure. There's you can't a, just... You're like, like locked muscle, right? Okay. You know, it, it's horrible, but I know funeral directors are just stories where... They've had to actually break jaws to set them right to make sure that they're presentable because the people were adamant on having an open Dude, you know how fuck – that's got to fuck you up mentally. Like you got a dead person here. How did you here. do that at 15, 16 years old? Like how did that make you feel? Like you were like just whatever? I mean I didn't go around killing neighborhood cats or anything like that. <laughs> that's got to fuck you up but though. It, like. <laughs> was, it was interesting to me because my whole life I was around you – know, That was cops, a Jeffrey Dahmer reference by the way yeah. <laughs> in case anybody missed that. Did you, did you watch the series? Yeah, I did. It was no. wild. It's fucking nuts. It was wild. So like – Guy was a fucking lunatic. My, my, my daughter's 10 and she's a – I was a big horror fanatic at her age, horror films. And she is. Like she's seen – you know. Uh, all the all the Halloween movies, you know, the, the it. She loves Pennywise, Chucky, all of that. Uh, even the Conjuring, all that stuff. She See the Conjuring, scared. that's the shit. That's I hate fun. all that shit. She, I can't watch any. See of all like the Halloween movies, the the it movies, all the the. I like Halloween. Those are those are fine, but when you start getting into the devil, like possessing yeah. sinister shit, I'm like, nah. But you know, she she's she likes them, and she's not she's not weird or anything like that. She's you know doesn't dye her hair black or anything. She's a you know a cool kid, and and she likes that, and. She was into me and my wife are big into like the serial killer documentary. My wife, yeah, those, okay. my wife, I mean, I like them so, too. Oh my so, god, my wife listens to God knows how many podcasts. Right. So, so my daughter saw us watching, got into it, and it intrigued her. Like, what at at eight years old? Yeah, my daughter watched documentaries on serial killers for eight years old. Don't judge me. She, but she's not killing cats. She's not okay, killing so, okay, cats. So we're she's fine. not killing cats. Once you see the first right. one, okay, then we're gonna have to put a stop to that. So right, <laughs> so, uh, put a jacket on. Yeah, so, okay. She won't even go. She won't That's even it. kill an Netflix ant account canceled. She, she yells at me when I step on a cricket. You know, like what are you doing? But she was into. She's into like seeing what they're about and what they're doing. And you know, it's it's not like oh she she loves it that they're killing people. No, she thinks it's horrible, but wants to know why people are like that. Yeah. So she knew that the Jeffrey Dahmer series the was on, and she was begging us to watch. Like, no, you the, you that's, you've seen that's it. Fucked you up. can't watch it. No, it's this isn't. Way... A, we had to explain to her. It's not a documentary. It's a show, and it embellishes a lot. There's a lot of inappropriate stuff. Oh that yeah, you can't watch. Oh yeah, it's... and and she understood. She understood. And it's funny because back when we realized she she started liking horror movies, um, it the new it came out, and she wanted to say it, and we were like. So me and my wife watched it, and my wife was like, I don't know about this, right? And so we were like, listen, Zoe, not yet. Not yet. How smart she is, 
she pulls it up on like I think it was, she she kept watching the trailer on YouTube, and then I don't know where she found it, but she found the movie on her tablet. Of course, and she watched it, the whole thing, because she'll you know she only child she entertains herself sometimes. She loves just being in a little you know cocoon in a room and watching stuff. And uh, but we we always keep an eye on what she's watching. We're able to do that. And uh, my wife goes. I think Zoe watched it. I go, what do you mean? Like, where? I didn't see her watching. I think on her tablet. So and I said, uh, so what would you think of Pennywise? And she looked at me. I go, you watched it, didn't you? And she goes, yeah. I go, you, did you have any nightmares? Like, we, we said you couldn't watch. I wasn't yelling at it. Like, hey, you, you know. Like, we said you, we, we didn't think you were ready to watch it. And she goes, I loved it. <laughs> you remind me of me when I was little, you know. And that, that can be. When you I, want you know, a balloon? Right, right. <laughs> like when in, in the late 80s and the and the 90s where horror movies were so corny and graphic, you know, it was either the, the half-dressed girls getting killed at a lake or whatever it was. You know, back then I remember my mom said, no, you can't watch this movie. And I'm like, I'm going to watch that movie one way or another. Like, yeah. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And, as soon as you tell a kid they can't do something, they want to do it even more. Right, right. So, and I, I'm, I'm, so my kid is a lot like me, like, and my wife. We're not, we don't baby her. You know, she's, she's, she just turned ten, and I watch her around other kids her age. And I'm not just saying it because she's my kid. Like, I'm not saying everybody's kid is a retard. No, but I watch <laughs> the, the the level of of just how they interact, and I'm like. It, it, she's di- she she's different in different level of maturity she's, mature yeah, she, she yeah. Know, she knows what's what you know like i had big issues with the school system back during covid when they shut everything down and everybody was remote and then they were going to come back and all of that whole summer when all the mask mandates on long island and new york were lifted and every school teacher was drunk in the bars down in Long Beach and everywhere else. And then all of a sudden, September's coming around, and the governor's like, "Up, oh, everyone going back to school. Teachers, everybody have to have to wear masks." And then that was the whole thing about the uh, Kathy Hochul, the now governor of New York, was contemplating putting the COVID vaccines on the schedule, mandatory for kids to attend school. Yeah, that's a so it's I a was hard yeah, no for I, I hard was one, pass. I was one of no. those parents that went to the school board meeting. There were 300 people that showed up. It was me. It was a couple other people around that were, you know, activists on, on the island. And I, I said my piece. And literally, it was it was the, the largest attendance of a school board meeting in the school district. And um, they ignored us. And I said, you know what? I held a rally, which was high, uh, heavily attended. But then I realized where people were at. Everybody came. They, they brought signs. Every news outlet interviewed me but they didn't like the interview so none of them played it Mm. okay so no cursing no vulgarity i spoke but none of them played it they covered the rally but they wouldn't play them interviewing me so then we had another rally and about half the attendance then they they kept telling me let's do another one we do another one three people showed up and now it was now with three weeks into the school year i had already pulled my kid out so did 12 other families and i put her in a homeschool co-op for fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And it was great because she was in school with a hundred other kids. It was an actual school. In, what was it? An, a homeschool co-op. Okay. Where it's, it's you have to abide by the state curriculum, but they, they're they in a different atmosphere. There's no face diapers. 
No worries about anything. <laughs> I and love that term, there. face diapers. Yeah, they and, really are. And she went there for this for the whole fourth grade. Okay, while every all everyone else was in school with the face masks on and everybody complaining that kids coming home with bloody noses and and, and sick all the time from wearing these stupid masks. And they were, were, were crying. The, the schools were like, oh, this one is sick. She might have COVID. Quarantine the whole classroom. Send everybody home. It's a mass hysteria. And where she was with 100 kids and like 40 teachers the whole year, zero cases Nothing. of COVID, yep. COVID. She wasn't out sick one day. And I was like, this is such nonsense. And then it came where now she's going into fifth grade this year. And, oh, Back to the parents now all of a sudden. Yeah, where all the, where the, all the parents go? They yeah. were all gung ho. They were like, "This is great," you know. Everybody, they started a Facebook page, the whole thing. Then I realized what everybody. Yeah, parents about. for face diapers, right? Right. They were <laughs> <laughs> families for face diapers. <laughs> they literally saw now. Well, now I've had my kid all summer. It's not worth fighting because mommy has to go to tennis lessons. Daddy has to work both jobs. Everybody wants to live with that convenience of having the public school system babysit their kid for six hours and not care what happens in school. They all gave up and they sent their kids to school on the bus in face diapers yep. and complained the entire time. See, the where, flip-floppers, the flip-floppers. Right. Yep. And and I, I, I can't tolerate the flip-floppers. I, I get it. Everybody has their own reason. I, I yeah, don't but agree like with stick it. to your values, okay? I mean, you, you, the flip flopping is just ridiculous, yeah. right? You, you say, and it's it goes back to the people that they're just bandwagon. <clears throat> you know, go back to the protesters. There's some people that are that protest, and I love the I love the people that are um, what do they call them? Uh, like the street interview guys, where they oh, just yeah. go up and they start interviewing people, and some people don't even know what they're there for. They're yes. just there because they they think it's cool, and that's the fad today. And that's right. what it is nowadays. Is all these fads yes. that people just want to be a part of something. They don't even know what. They don't even care what it is. Yeah. I go just go back, think for yourself, right? And then if you have a set value, it's a value for it's a core value for a reason. It means you will not change this core value based on every. This is a core value, right? It's like. If you're a Christian, right, or if you're whatever your religion is, that is a core value and nothing is going to change or alter. You are going to live by this value. Yeah. And if you have a value of X and then somebody challenges X and you don't like, okay, you know, I'm just going to change it because I don't want to, I don't like confrontation. I don't want to babysit my kid. I'm going to change it over to Y. And the next thing you know, three months later, they change it to Z. It's like. I can't even trust you because you don't even know your own core values and you're not sticking. So is it really a core value? But thank you for listening to part one of this episode of the Burndown podcast. Stay tuned tomorrow where you'll hear part two and more about how Alan got into cigar smoking as well as how he founded Patriot Cigar Company.